The Aggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Uh-oh. Stockton. Open three. The high schools. Also going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Yeah, we got to get the open updated. It's Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Yeah, I'm waiting on that. I'm waiting for the day I come in here and uh, you. it says, you know, Eric Franson and Jason Walker. I'm just, you know, you gave me the office run around today, you know, gave me the gave me the tour of Radio Ranch and all that. And, uh, now I just need to be officially steps. introduced. I mean, I can't throw everything at you at once. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I can only catch some of it. <laughs> Yeah, Jason Walker, the new co-host here of the Full Court Press. Uh, if you missed the announcement on Monday, excited to have him part of the group and uh, the next chapter uh, of the Full Court Press is. And we've been doing this show for almost, uh, what, I would say about nineteen years, almost twenty years. It's been rolling for quite a while, um, but uh, several different people have been involved with this program over the years. And excited to have Jason Walker as uh, the next new voice here on the show. Um, and encourage you to follow him on, on the Twitter. The Twitter. The Twitter. At jwalker underscore sports. Yep, that's me. And a lot of you have already come in and followed me. So thank you for that. And hopefully you can all uh, make that worth your while. <laughs> I tr- I, my problem is right now I'm like in a negative phase where like everything I tweet has like a negative spin to it. And I'm trying to... You know, get out of that to where I tweet positive things. So, it's all about the attitude. Yeah, well, I have tons of attitude on my Twitter. I'm like, ah, oh, this is terrible. That's <laughs> terrible. That's terrible. But my my one positive tweet probably in the last three months is when I tweeted Monday saying I am so happy to be here. Like that was my that was my <laughs> that positive. That was your positive. That's my positive tweet for the year. You hit so your far. quota. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nine nine three one five on our full court press text line. Uh, why can't it be Jason Walker and Eric Franson? Uh, sure, absolutely. Doesn't have to be Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, the order of our names doesn't really matter. Uh, if you want to chime in, a couple different things we're going to be discussing today, and love to get your feedback. Uh, the the full court press text line is open. If you want to chime in, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Just this afternoon, Phil Steele put together his Mountain West uh, preseason team. A number of Aggies on that list. Interesting to note how it's different in some ways, how it's similar in others to the Athlon Sports preseason All-Mountain West team that came out uh, last week. Um, yes, I guess about a week and a half ago. Yeah, same number of players and uh, or that are on the teams collectively, one through four, first team through fourth team, but... Uh, yeah, a little bit different uh, configuration, especially one big difference, which we will definitely get to. Yes. Uh, Utah Jazz have expanded their list of coaches whom they will be interviewing. And um, we ran through a few of them yesterday, but there's even another one added today. Sam Cassell, currently an assistant for the Philadelphia 76ers, has been added to the list. So uh, Jason and I are going to go through – 
and kind of make a case for who we think the Utah Jazz should make their top priority to be the next head coach. And we'd love to get your thoughts on, on that as well. As you've seen the list or you've you've heard the names and you've thought about who would be the, the best coach to take the Jazz to the next level, who would that be? And who would you make a case to be the next head coach for the Utah Jazz? Uh, so that's certainly going to be part of the show today. Um, and then this live golf tour has us thinking of other times in the past when there's been uh, another uh, competitive professional sport or league that's been created that stands in direct competition with another existing sport. Yeah, so we're not talking about the current USFL or current iteration, I guess. Yeah, we're talking some of the real like team leagues that have kind of really tried to bump up against you know whatever sport it is, baseball or baseball is kind of the one there wasn't. <laughs> there was ones for basketball, football, and even hockey. Oh, we've seen. Yeah. So does uh, and what is that? I guess based on what history tells us, what does that kind of give us an idea for the future of the live tour? And does it have any legs? to live longer. Yeah. It's got legs right now. I mean, well, legs made out of money. <laughs> and that may be its biggest difference compared to these other leagues. Yeah, definitely. The financial backing. So, um, first and foremost, let's get to the Utah State football talk. Phil Steele um, puts together a you know preseason outlook every year, big magazine that, that comes out. And usually, you know, Phil Steele does some pretty good homework when trying to – understand what any given team might look like for its upcoming season. Yeah. You, you know how much work he puts into it based on the fact that you get the magazine and there's abbreviations for everything because he's trying to cram <laughs> as much possible information because he basically in his his magazine he has to fit basically every team onto one page which is dang near impossible but he crams so much in there like I said he does as much homework as one man or one team I imagine he's got um, helping him out, so it, it's about as good as a you know, it's about as good as a reference you're going to get as far as like one source for everybody. So uh, today published their uh, the the details were released for the um, All Mountain West team that was out there for uh, from Phil Steele and his organization. As we mentioned, Athlon Sports they put together something similar uh, earlier this month, but um, kind of a Interesting contrast with what uh, Phil still put together. As we mentioned, there were 12 players on the Athlon Sports list that were in the various you know, one through first team, second team, third team, fourth team. And Phil still also has 12 Aggies on his list. But who made what team is is different? And one guy that we felt got snubbed by Athlon Sports, not only does that get made up for with Phil Steele, but he puts him on a first team. Yeah, one of the best in the Mountain West, as opposed to, I don't know where he'd rank based on the He <laughs> didn't even make ranking. a fourth team. He's like not even top ten. So, And that's a Johnny Carter, the cornerback for Utah State. Phil Steele puts him on his first team. Um, wide receiver Justin McGriff, punter Stephen Cotsonley, and sophomore long snapper Jacob Garcia – that's, that's when you know the. That's, that's when four you know the, guys on the first team. That's when you know there's real research going on. When he has a first team long snapper, it's like, is he going there watching film of each long snap, being like, oh, that one was like 
89% good. Like it was, it was just slightly off and to the left on his left hip instead of right, you know, maybe on his right hip. I don't know where punters prefer their uh, snaps to go. Yeah, I don't, how do you grade a long snapper? Because uh, the only stat that long snappers have is the bad one. <laughs> yeah. Snapping it over his head or low, I guess. So maybe there's two stats if you really want to, if you really want to get into it. But yeah. kudos to Jacob Garcia, not only making the list, but making a first team. Um, a Johnny Carter, like you and I talked about him um, when this when the Athlon Sports thing came out. Like th- that was a big snub because he's a great, very talented, very athletic corner for Utah State who looks to take that big leap this year and play a more impactful role in that defense. We saw what he did in the spring. We saw what he was doing last year in the fall. This guy's going to be a baller. He's going to be a big part of this Utah State defense. Is he a first team guy? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think it's great that he's there. I don't know that I would have said that he's a first team All Mountain West, but it's great that Phil still thinks so. Yeah. It again, it's it's really hard to do these because Carter is one of those guys that's moving into a role, so you you have to project. You can't be like, well, he was this good last year versus maybe this guy. You know, he's he's a returner that's going to be going into more production based off of his role. He's going to have more of a role, more snaps, more chances to be great. So, yeah, I'm kind of in the maybe. I think we were saying, like, for him, like, third or fourth team, um, at least beyond there, first team is pretty generous. Yeah, good for good for a Johnny. But, yeah, if he's that good, then I have no problems. So, Stephen Cottonley, uh is consistent. He was on the Athlon Sports first team and on Phil Steele. Yeah, he's Clearly a good punter. That's when I agree with, like, yeah, that's – now that uh, I guess punt god is is gone, although <laughs> I'll be honest, based off that championship game, uh, yeah. Utah State disagrees with that. Nickname. Overrated. <laughs> uh, so the uh, going to the second team – well, maybe before we move to the second team, Justin McGriff as a first-teamer, um, the other player who we haven't mentioned – I I think we talked about this last time too. He has that potential. Big body, he can go grab a ball, but will he be engaged on every play? He could be a difference maker, could be a great possession receiver. Um, but will he be engaged on every play and will he rise to that role? He has the physical abilities uh and we've seen him at, at times play to that level. But can he do that on a consistent basis? Yeah, we've had some of these good outside receivers. You know, there's Ron Quavian, Tarver, and Jalen Green, um, and then COC Mariner. They've all played in that. And Justin McGriff was kind of supposed to be the next one of those guys, and he just hasn't done it yet. Even though last year he had basically the same opportunity he'll have this year uh, where he was supposed to step up into a role, but he kind of got overtaken by um, by Derek Wright and um, – Devin Brent. Tompkins. Yeah, Devin Tompkins and then uh, – the transfer from Arkansas State. Brandon Bowling. Brandon Bowling. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, but I was thinking that I was I had it wrong. I was like, Brandon Bowling can't be his name. Like, I, th- I thought I was mixing him up with somebody else. Um, but, yeah, so he, he got, you know, upstaged by just other players who ended up doing Like, Derek Wright basically did what Justin McGriff was supposed to do, be that outside receiver, that, you know, touchdown magnet. He's always there in the end zone. Go up and get any ball. That's what he was supposed to do. So I, I would probably disagree with McGriff being on the first team. I liked where Athlon put him. Yeah, Athlon had him as a third-teamer. 
Um, he was on the third team. So uh, interesting um, you know, just difference between Athlon and, and Phil Steele there. Uh, going to the second team from Phil Steele, um, again, sticking with offense, he's got uh, Logan Bonner as a second-team quarterback and Alfred Edwards, offensive lineman. And this is where these um, really uh, – well, Edwards was a first-teamer on the Athlon list, and he's a second-teamer for Phil Steele. But Logan Bonner was a second-teamer on both. And I think that's accurate. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to unseat Fresno State's um, uh, quarterback as the number one quarterback coming into the Mountain West. But Logan Bonner absolutely should be near the top, number two. Yeah, definitely. And I think Alfred Edwards probably fits a little better on the second team. I feel like he's a little overrated by Utah State guys where he's not like, you know, a super elite guy. Now, maybe based on the rest of the conference, maybe there's nobody better. But, you know, I think he's a good starter. He's not really taking that step to being an elite, you know, tackle. He does his job well. He's a better – I feel like he's always been a better run blocker than pass blocker, but – you know, still a good option. Right, and it's hard to argue against his size. He, yeah. Dude's a mountain. Yeah, the, dude, the dude's got all the physicals, and he's he's pretty athletic for, you know, Utah State offensive lineman. But, you know, I, and I think he's, like, started, like, all all the years he's been here is what yeah, I Yeah, that's I, true. Yeah, I think maybe he's he got a lot of starts, but, a lot of experience. Yeah, he was on that, uh, you know, the 2018 offensive line. I think he ended up on there, and there was, like, four seniors and Alfred Edwards. Yes, that's correct. That's so right. he's – He's got plenty of experience, and I don't mean to bag on him, but <laughs> and I think that experience is probably something that Phil Steele uh, and Athlon Sports as well kind of leaning on. That uh, definitely one of the more experienced offensive linemen in the Mountain West and plays a very significant role for that uh, offense and how it comes together. Nine three one five on our full court press text line. Much better on the ranking this time of Aggie football players, and just by the content that John puts out on Twitter makes him a first teamer. Okay, thanks nine three one five. Which John? Are we yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out who John was. I was like, um, John Hartwell, John By the Way, John the Baptist, John Newbold. Yeah. Uh, okay, back, back to our list. Nine three one five. If you want to clarify that, we'd love to hear it. Uh, so, second team on Phil Steele, as we mentioned, Logan Bonner and Alfred Edwards, and then we go to the third team. Uh, from Phil Still, four Aggies on the third team. So that's Brian Cobbs, the transfer wide receiver. Uh, Hale Motuapuaka, great defensive tackle. Uh, inside linebacker, A.J. Vongpachan, and junior defensive end, Byron Vons. So uh, good group there. And uh, can't really argue against that, other than I think Brian Cobbs will surprise and and uh, he is ranked higher in Phil Steele's list than Athlon gave him. Yeah, see, I like this one better for Brian Cobbs. I agree that Brian Cobbs could end up higher. I'm In a preseason, um, I'd be more biased and probably put him up higher, maybe as high as second team, but there's not much substance to put him up higher than where he is. I like this place for A.J. Vongpachong a lot better. I think Athlon really underrated him. When I first watched him, he was almost immediately the best tackler on the team. Um, so I really like him and, and his ability to, you know, man that linebacker position. So I think, you know, third team at least for him was a lot better than I believe he was on fourth team for Athlon. He was. Now, Byron Vons was third team on both, but Hale Motuapuaka, Brian Cobbs, and A.J. Vongbachan 
were all fourth teamers on the Athlon list. So I think it's good that they're that's better recognition of of their talents and how you know what kind of an impact they could have on the team coming in. Um, and then we the uh, the uh, Phil Still fourth team has Calvin Tyler Jr. and senior safety Gervin Hall. So Hunter Reynolds is left off of this list. Calvin Tyler was a second teamer on the Athlon list, and now he's a fourth teamer on this one. Uh, Chandler Dolphin is not on the list for Phil Steele. So kind of interesting players that did make one and not the other. And when you compare it to those who did make the lists where they landed compared to the others as well. But one thing is consistent is there's a good number of players here that are recognized for the season they had a year ago and how they're going to play larger roles coming into this next season. Yeah. And of the two lists, I'd probably prefer Phil Steele's with a little bit of note of the, you know, Justin McGriff's probably a little too high and I guess just long snappers. <laughs> I'll just defer to his his uh, analysis of long snappers. But, I mean, other than McGriff, who's probably a little too high, I'd probably agree with most of these. Calvin Tyler is probably a little too low for me. You know, he's he's been a good back. He's not an elite back. And so maybe if there's – I think there's pretty good running back depth in the conference this year, if I remember right. So maybe that's it. Well, there was uh, there were a number of really good running backs – Last year, yeah. but a lot of those guys are gone. Yeah, so it, either transfer or graduation. Yeah, so you, a lot you, of those impact backs are not going to be on rosters next year. Yeah, so you'd think with his returning production, which I think was something almost 900 yards. I got to look this up now, and hopefully can spell Calvin Tyler. Nope, I can't. <laughs> I managed to mess up Calvin Tyler Jr.'s name. <laughs> but yeah, it was something like. Uh, 888 yards, I think, was what it was. 884, sorry, I was off by a little bit on in seven touchdowns in 12 games. You know, four and a half yards per carry. That's not elite for a college running back. Usually the elite guys are getting in the five yards per carry range. Um, and when they get enough attempts, we'll break 1,000 yards. So Tyler could do that. So maybe he'll make a jump this year in terms of production. Um, so I think... Fourth team might have been a little bit a little low. Second or third team is probably where I'd like him because he's good and probably better than most of the guys that are left. Yeah, I, I agree. I think fourth team is too low. I think that's a disrespect. And I think that second team, uh, based on a lot of the guys who have left, that I think second team is probably more appropriate for Calvin Tyler. I don't think he's a first team. But I think he is a, a really solid running back, and there aren't very many known running backs, or proven running backs, I should say, coming into this upcoming season for uh, the Mountain West. So, twelve Utah State Aggies on the on this list. Now, among Athlon Sports, that put Utah State uh, third overall. Boise State had fifteen on their list. Uh, San Diego State had thirteen. For Phil Steele, uh, Fresno State has 15, Boise State 14, Colorado State and San Diego State had 13. Kind of a surprise for me to see so many Colorado State players ahead of USU. Yeah, I, I, I would think that Utah State is somewhere in that 
you know, three at the highest as far as preseason expectations, five at the lowest. Phil Steele has them at that, at, you know, five. Um, presuming there's not somebody else that has 12. So Phil still may be a little pessimistic on the IEs as a whole, even if he likes a couple of players more individually. So, and that, that Colorado State is the big surprise because you'd think Fresno State, Boise State, and San Diego State, they're always usually pretty good and either above or level with Utah State. But yeah, Colorado State is a bit of a surprise. I think the, th- the thing with Colorado State is I, I believe they had talent. They just didn't have coaches that knew how to coach them properly. And we, I mean, we saw the coaching problems that they had. Uh, will Coach Norvell be able to come in there and, and maximize that talent and get more out of them? Uh, that's the million-dollar question and why he chose to leave one Mountain West school to go to another. Yeah, I guess that's the hope, and there's definitely some hype there for him. I think there's people that are predicting Colorado State to be good. Um, their basketball team, they were predicting them to be good for several years, and they finally paid that off last year, so maybe the football team will do the same. That's true. All right, so the list is out. Do you agree or disagree? Who got snubbed? Uh, anybody off the list that should have been on the list? 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in. Uh, and coming up next, we'll look at the the, the the current candidates for the head coach of the Utah Jazz. And it's a long list. It's up to 15 now. And we'll make a case for whom we think should be, the, the, the I guess, the number one focus who we would like to see to be the next head coach for the Utah Jazz. And we'd love to get your thoughts on that as well. As you've seen these lists, you've heard these coaches talked about, who would you like to see at the helm to take charge and take uh, the next step for the Utah Jazz? 435-339-0321. If you're too busy through the week to get an oil change for your vehicle, Valvoline Instant Oil Change is now open on Sundays. So they're located right across from Angie's. You can stop in and get your vehicle serviced by trained professionals. It's fast, it's clean, it's easy, and you get back out on the road quickly. It's at 695 North Main in Logan. It's Valvoline Instant Oil Change. You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifier pellet and wood stoves and heat and glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Hi, this is James Stevens and Mark Thurston with White Pine Funeral Services. Here at White Pine, we want to invite those who have been affected by the alleged mishandling of pre-need funeral money to contact us. We are saddened by what took place and we want to help those who lost money by offering our professional services to you at no cost. Stop by and see us or visit whitepinefunerals.com for more information. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. Are you a do-it-yourselfer? Have you been looking at that boring blah wall in your home for far too long? You need to check out the Speedy Mason Thin Brick System at Castellite in Logan. It's a simple system that anybody can do to make a blah wall into a beautiful focal point. Refresh your home with some very affordable options at Castellite for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go. Online at castellite.com. 
Summer is just around the corner. Don't crank up your AC unit before getting it serviced. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning is the team you should call for quality on-time service. If your system needs replaced, think York. York has the best warranties in the business with affordable financing options. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning at 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI. Online at advancedheating-ac.com. Comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Every great team knows that you have to train to stay on top of your game. Even top players continue to practice the fundamentals. That's why Les Olson Company offers free IT security awareness training so your business can stop threats before they become a problem. Learn what to do in case of a suspected phishing attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. Avoid the stress of renting a shampoo machine and cleaning that dirty upholstery yourself. This is Daryl with ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry's hot carbonated extraction process will make any piece of furniture in your home look close to brand new again. Sofas, love seats, recliners, or even car seats. ChemDry of Northern Utah is happy to clean your carpets, but don't forget about making sure everything in your home is the cleanest, healthiest environment for your family. ChemDry of Northern Utah. ChemDry of Northern Utah. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Jason Walker and Eric Franson. Yeah, I like that order. That's good. There we go. I'd uh, love to have you weigh in. 435-339-0321. Uh, besides the Phil Steele list, which you can find on CashValleyDaily.com, at least the Aggies that got recognized, uh, moving on to the NBA, the list continues to grow of candidates for the Utah Jazz head coaching position. Sam Cassell is the newest uh, person on that list. He's currently an assistant for the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, former player. He's been an assistant for a while. Um, it's a it's a growing list. So rather than boring you with going through and naming all 15 of these guys, um, we're going to try to make a case for whom we think should be the focus of the Utah Jazz search and who we think they should make a priority to be their next head coach. And if you've got somebody that you'd love to see, uh, that you prefer based on who you've seen, or maybe somebody who's not on this list that they should be thinking about, um, text us. Let us know. 435-339-0321. And Jason, why don't you go first with uh, make your case for who you think the next head coach of the Utah Jazz should be. So I really like the idea of going after assistant coaches. I'm not so much into going after retreads in terms of head coaches. Um, I could be okay with, the, you know, Frank Vogel and Terry Stotts are probably two of the better options if you're going to go after a retread head coach, um, especially Vogel. Um, but for me, you know, again, I, I like going after assistant coaches. Just like in college, I like going after, you know, coaches that are maybe a step or two below the, you know, down on the coaching ladder. Basically what John Hartwell has done a lot of times. Um, I really like his coaching hiring strategy because – when I observe that, it seems to work. 
And so in the NBA and in the NFL, it seems like promoting assistants tends to work a lot better than just rehiring the same you know, head coaches who have been head coaches before. So for me, that, that narrows it down. I guess that cuts two names off the list. So <laughs> all of that explanation, and I'm down to 13. <laughs> 13 to go, okay. Um, but kind of my next thing would be uh, not J.C. Carroll, uh, 9315. <laughs> I, I understand mean, he's available. <laughs> I guess he would be. Maybe an assistant coach, like a shooting coach. That's that's not kind of like what you know Jeff Hornacek, Hornacek kind of came in initially. Now he's you know more of an assistant coach and he's had he's had his chance as a head coach didn't work out well so my thing though is that while there's you know potential defensive coaches like you know the alex jensen's and and some others i would prefer the offensive head coaches or you know offensive assistants you know guys who would probably be more offensive oriented as a head coach so that narrows it down a little bit more I mean, the main reason I'd want that offensive coach is because I really want to see what Donovan will do with an offensive-minded head coach. It's why I talked about Terry Stotts the other day, where I'd, you know, if he were hired, I could at least be excited about that, even if he's, you know, again, a retread. Because I want to see what Donovan can do with an offensive-minded head coach, somebody who can get him in a good offensive scheme. And the NBA is a lot more about offense these days. So while defense does still win you championships, and I have a whole tirade about that, but that's for later. (laughs) <laughs> you you still really do need offense, and I want to see if Donovan Mitchell can have you know coach come in and really unlock the next gear. He's been making progress, but he kind of stalled this year a little bit, and I want to see another gear out of him and try and go forward. And then also we need somebody who's going to be good in, de- in player development and have a good relationship with these guys, especially Donovan, because if Rudy Gobert gets traded, that's not going to be good for these next couple years in terms of what the record will be. So you got to convince Donovan to stay around a little bit. Let's develop some of the guys we bring in if we do trade Gobert and Conley and all that. So offense, good relationship with the players, player development, all that leads to Johnny Bryant. Mm. So okay. I know I know that's kind of a a almost default pick or, you know, not very, you know, way out there. But that's why I wanted to lay out all my reasons. I have very specific reasons that I go for Johnny Bryant. He fits all the things that, if I were the GM, those are the things I'm looking for, and I feel like Johnny Bryant fits those. You could say some of these other coaches might fit them, but especially in terms of relationship with Donovan Mitchell and relationship with the players already, that's why I'd go with Bryant over um, you know, Kevin Young. He's a bit of an offensive-oriented guy. Terry Stott's an offensive-oriented guy, but... You know, Bryant fits the most of the criteria that I would have as a general manager. And I like that as a selection. You know, this is a guy who has been with, he knows the state of Utah. He understands the culture here. It's not like he's going to be somebody that comes here and is like, you know, I don't know that I really love being here Um, as a player and as an assistant. There's a lot of things that line up for Johnny Bryant. I think that's a fine choice. For me, I'm going to go a little bit of of a different. Uh, tactic here. Uh, uh, there's a couple of things that that I look at. Now you had some criteria that you liked, and so some of the things that I was I've been looking at is, do they have head coach experience? It doesn't necessarily mean in the NBA, but do they know what it takes and what it's like to be a head coach, where you're the one in charge of your team. You have to make tough decisions about rotations, substitutions, uh, you know, player development, things like that. Understanding who your stars are. So 
it could be at various different levels. So for me, I wanted to look at who has been a head coach. So that eliminates some of these guys. Um, I I want to know what their what their experience was as a player. I think it's important for today's NBA players to relate, or I should say the coaches to relate to the players. I don't think you necessarily needed to have been a high-level NBA player to necessarily communicate that to other NBA players, but you have to understand what they're going through. And so player experience is kind of important to me. It's not as important, but I think there has some value there. And then the third criteria for me is, does this coach have championship DNA? Has he participated in, uh, maybe not, I don't want to disqualify anybody who would never won a championship, but have they been to at least a conference finals? Do they know what it takes to compete at a level high enough to get to a conference finals? If not, you know, winning an NBA title or being in the NBA finals. And to some degree, NCAA tournament, that kind of matters. But again, have they been there either as an assistant, as a player, or as a coach previously? So championship DNA is what's missing from this Utah Jazz roster, either from the coaches or the players. It's just they don't really have that. They haven't had that. So I, that's something that's been missing. So that's a criteria for me. So when I look at that, when I consider all of those things, I'm actually going to go with Frank Vogel. Here's a guy who uh, came up through as a video guy and uh, worked his way up through various different positions at different coaches, coaching staffs. He did. He's one of the winningest coaches, if not the winningest coach, with Indiana. Got them to the Eastern Conference Finals twice. Had to go up against uh, LeBron James both times, and then eventually became LeBron James' coach in uh, in Los Angeles. And as I went through all these coaches, initially I wanted to dismiss Frank Vogel, but as I've looked more at this, can the list of candidates and what the Jazz have are missing, I kept coming back to Frank Vogel, which really surprised me. Because I think I initially dismissed him as a non-candidate because he's a retread. He's been lots of different places. He's been fired from a few places. But some of those were not really his fault. In Los Angeles, he got handcuffed. After the bubble, it just became more and more difficult for him to manage a roster and a front office that he was stuck in the middle of. And coming to a place that has solid ownership and management with some young emerging stars. There's a lot that I like about Frank Vogel where defense is important to him. He would need somebody on his uh, staff that would need to be offensive-minded, but I think you could make a really strong case for Frank Vogel to be the next coach for the Utah Jazz. Yes, yeah, and I actually agree with that. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of on you where despite the fact that this would be his fourth head coaching team, I didn't really – consider him a retread in the same way Terry Stotts is, even though actually Terry Stotts has only had, I think, one. That was Portland. And that's mainly because I agree that L.A., I don't think it was his fault at all that, you know, all the situation led to him being fired. He had two years in Orlando where it's Orlando, whatever. Well, and I was doing some research on that, and it was 
there were front office changes, there was management changes, the personnel was bad. Like he yeah. just he was never really given a shot in Orlando. Yeah. It's it's typical Orlando. <laughs> yes. So and then Indiana, like, yeah, the the ending courses last year went forty five and thirty seven and just you know, I guess they just got kinda got tired of him after his initial really good season. So well, and Larry Bird basically said what Quinn Snyder has said with his tenure here with Utah Jazz. It's just it's time for a new voice. Yeah. And so Vogel does have a lot of the things. The main thing for me was um, you know, I, I would like an offensive coach. That's kind of why I went away from Vogel. Actually, my dream scenario would probably be to have some offensive-minded head coach and Frank Vogel as an assistant. Mm. I don't think that would happen. Um, or you could also say the suggestion you had were Frank Vogel with a really competent offensive assistant. That may satisfy you know what I want with a really good offensive, you know, somebody who can unlock Donovan Mitchell or unlock him even more, you know. So I I wouldn't be too upset with Frank Vogel, but again, I it's the offensive coach that I'm really sticking <laughs> on there. That's fair. That's fair. Uh so if if uh Johnny Bryant is your first choice and Frank Vogel is my first choice. Did you have a second choice? Um not one that I really loved. Um Frank Vogel may have been it. But again, there's that, you know, defensive head coach. Um, I don't know. I didn't really have a really great second because I, I didn't look into too many of the others uh, super closely after I settled on Johnny Bryant. Um, so I, it's just Johnny Bryant and nobody else. <laughs> Johnny Bryant and all the way. And that's fair. And I think that for me, I, I there were three really intriguing candidates for me outside of Vogel. Um, actually, I'm going to say four because Johnny Bryant was one of them that I considered. Alex Jensen is uh, another one I think that the Utah Jazz should strongly consider. But the other two that stand out to me that I kept coming back to that I was kind of surprised that I did, Jason Terry, after a long, illustrious career in the NBA, but now has some head coaching experience in the in the G League, um, and then the other one is Sam Cassell, another one with a lot of playing experience, championship DNA, and has been an assistant. Um, now I I could not stand Sam Cassell as a player. <laughs> I don't know how I would stand Sam Cassell as the coach for the Utah Jazz. But, when somebody suggested Mark Jackson for head coach of the Jazz, and it's just like there might be a revolt in Salt Lake. Yeah, I don't think that would if go that happened. Well. Uh, Jason Terry was actually a name that kind of, as I was looking back through, like cause I remember when we talked about him yesterday, I was like that would be intriguing, because um, again he might fit some of the the things that I like, um, especially with the head you know head coaching experience does help you know with the G League he's got, you know real head coaching experience as opposed to being an assistant, but yeah it's. For me, I'm kind of locked in on Jerry Bryant. I probably or Jerry Bryant. It'd be nice if his. <laughs> if you if could be Jerry. the next Jerry. <laughs> that would be nice. Be okay. Um, most of these guys would probably work again. It's, it's all about being able to, establish that locker room culture, get Donovan on board. If that's you know, it seems like by all accounts, they're building around Donovan. So it's can they do those things? So I think Johnny Bryant would be the best in that case. You know the. Danny Ainge will determine which of these guys he actually believes will do that. 
it could be Kevin Young, it could be Will Hardy, it could be Revolutionary War hero. I'm a fact. I don't think he's actually a hero, but Charles, Charles Lee. Lee. Um, I, I almost want him to be head coach just so I can keep making Revolutionary War jokes. Because <laughs> you do a search for him, and that's the first thing that comes yeah. up. Uh, yeah, Chris Quinn is an interesting one that uh, I was looking at. Just disciples of really good head coaches, championship caliber head coaches. Chris Quinn is a disciple of Eric Spolstra. He's uh, subbed in and, and coached a few games this year. Uh, Will Hardy, which you had already mentioned, he's a disciple of Popovich. He's the lead assistant at Boston, and we know the success that they're having. So I think there are some pretty interesting candidates on this list, but I think a lot of them, outside of Terry Stotts and Frank Vogel, are going to require a bit of a leap of faith because they're unproven products. Yeah. At least as a head coach in an NBA situation. But the thing is, it's worked out where, you know, guys have come in despite not having head coaching experience and done okay. Like I said, you know, it, it happens. Assistants become head coaches, and it works. You know, at one point, Frank Vogel was an assistant a long time, Terry Stotts. Then they jumped right into it. And so I, I feel like I know a lot of people focus on that unproven thing, and I don't necessarily like that. Because, yeah, sure, it sometimes doesn't work out. But these guys are smart. They, they know the NBA. They know how to coach, and it just takes an opportunity. Right, and more often than not, an assistant who gets that first opportunity is going to be more hungry, will, will do the things necessary to take the effort to connect with his players and prove his worth rather than some – coach who's been a head coach before just kind of walk into a situation thinking he knows everything and uh, may realize that really he doesn't. Yeah, that's exactly one reason why I really like going for younger slash assistants and, again, that kind of same strategy in the college ranks because you look at Craig Smith when he came into Utah State. That's pretty much what he was. He was at a bit of a lower-level school, and he was he's moving up the coaching ladder, and he's really hungry. He had a lot of success before, comes in, just you know translates it to – a different level, uses his same philosophy, and he's trying to do the same thing now at the University of Utah, which mixed results so far for him. But <laughs> yes, like uh, I said, sometimes it doesn't always work out, but for me, it's a it's as consistent a formula I feel like you're going to get is to hire these assistants, younger coaches, give them that opportunity because there are a bunch of them. It's like um, when the textures out there, you said, you know, is there a hidden gem? Yes, there is a hidden gem out there and it's their job to find it, and I believe they're most likely to be found in gyms that haven't already been uncovered and brushed off and passed around, you know, with, uh, with you know, coaches who've already been, you know, head coaches around. We've seen who they are, and they've already gone through the process. Well, and I think this list illustrates that they're doing everything they can to turn over as many rocks as possible to find that hidden gem. Yeah. All right, so if you want to weigh in, who would you make a case for to be the next head coach of the Utah Jazz? 435-339-0321. Uh, 9315 says Randy Ray <laughs> for Jazz Coach. He's available. Uh, is he a hidden gem? Uh, I think no, not for the NBA. No. I like Randy Ray, but he's he's retired. It, will he stay retired? Probably not, but he's done for now. Yeah. I think we're done for this topic as well. Unless you want to continue <laughs> to weigh in, and we'll take your text. Yeah, we, we'd, love, we'd love to hear your uh, your thoughts. Uh, we did just get one text in from 5338. Uh, I'm going to need to hire another assistant just to carry out all my carry around all my new cash. Who needs food and gas money? 
Signed, Kyle Whittingham. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Whittingham signed an extension. Uh, it's $6 million, and yeah. which could go up to eight if he sticks around for another few years. And they hire tons of assistants in those Power 5 conferences. Alabama's coaching staff could probably just make a new football team by themselves. Oh, my gosh. Because they're analysts. They're not, yeah, they're... <laughs> they're not official coaches. They're analysts. I'm not the guy that brings orange slices. I'm the nutrition analyst. <laughs> All right, four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to weigh in on these uh, you know, coaching candidates for the Utah Jazz and make a case for whom you think should be the next head coach, uh, but coming up next, we'll look at disruption in professional sports. The Live Tour is creating disruption for the PGA. Has it happened before? And has anybody found success in competing against another professional league? How many times has this happened in the past, and to what degree of success? that gives us any indication of what might happen with professional golf. We'll discuss that coming up next here in the Full Court Press. But first, at Mountain West Motor, every truck and SUV is unique. It has been customized, so you'll be ready for your next adventure. They've got a really interesting inventory of trucks and SUVs there, and some vehicles that are hard to find on the regular you know, dealerships that uh, are of those brands. So go check out their inventory right now. And besides getting the great vehicle... It's going to be equipped with the right gear. So go check that out at uh, Mountain West Motor, 615 North Main, or check them out online, mwmotor.com. Hi, this is Rusty Allen with LSS Insurance. Come learn how to make an informed decision for your retirement, Medicare, and Social Security. It's never too early to plan for the future. The third Thursday, June 16th at 7 p.m., come to a free seminar at our office. Call 752-9493 for details. We will answer your Medicare and Social Security questions. Come the third Thursday, June 16th. Call 752-9493 to RSVP, and walk-ins are always welcome. Camp Chef, Vortex, Nike, and Al's. They're all great names for Dad. This week at Al's Sporting Goods, it's all about Dad with great deals under 30 bucks. Hundreds of bikes in stock and on sale. A huge selection of Vortex scopes and binoculars. No one beats Al's Sporting Goods. Dad sandals from Keen, Olakai, Reef, and Teva. You won't find a better selection, and Al's even has a few for Mom. Stance socks, 25% off select models. The biggest Father's Day sale is going on now at Al's Sporting Goods. Every sport, every season, every dad. This is Gene Needham of S.E. Needham Jewelers. If you are in the market for a diamond engagement ring, I would like to personally invite you to visit our store. With our beautiful selection of rings and broad diversity in style, you are sure to find a ring you'll love. You'll enjoy our quiet atmosphere as you view our beautiful selection of diamonds. We grade each diamond twice in order to assure exactness in the diamonds we present. Shop and compare, and then come to the Diamond Engage Ring Store, where Utah gets engaged. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. With rising gas prices, there's never been a better time than now to go electric. Come to Murdoch Volkswagen and see what all the hype is about when you test drive the new 2022 ID4. With a range of just under 300 miles, the ID4 has all the latest technology, including the digital dash, remote access, adaptive cruise, and blind spot monitoring. Come in and take a test drive and reserve your brand new electric ID4 today. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Volkswagen and Logan or online at MurdochVW.com. Call 866-628-3065 to see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 7522. 
This is Ryan, my mattress. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with online bed-in-a-box mattresses. If value is the combination of price and quality, these beds are not a good value. They cost about $1,000 and they last about three years. That's not a very good ratio. At my mattress, you can get a $799 Sealy Posture Pedic that will last you 10 plus years. The best value is at my mattress. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. Your friends and neighbors know us for our large scratch and dent inventory. Now you do too. Save up to 40% on these appliances with minor cosmetic defects. This June, we're trying to clear them out to make room for more. Plus, you get Daryl's exclusive full two-year extended warranty for free on scratch and dent appliances. That's at Daryl's, where service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. And Napa Auto Parts has items you're looking for, the parts you need, use, and rely on every day. Plus, they've got some of those hard-to-find items. Five different stores between Preston and Providence to help you out. Napa Auto Parts. Uh, before we get to our next topic, 5654, five, interesting question. Is Connolly getting traded to the Wizards? So that was a some guy sent out a tweet that said that there was interest or something like that. It's one of those non-credible Twitter accounts, or at least nobody can verify them. So maybe I would not consider that. At least maybe somebody official reported it since I last saw that tweet. But uh, seems to be a little bit more smoke with the Rudy Gobert of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, because there's a little more. Cause, and I've seen some supposed smoke for Gobert of the Atlanta Hawks, but there doesn't seem to be a fire there, actually. Because, yes. again, it's these kind of non-credible Twitter accounts that say, so I have a source, right? and it's just like some guy making things up and using Trade Machine. <laughs> Maybe that's something we can dive into more tomorrow. Or on a future date about some of these trade rumors with the Utah Jazz because it's interesting what's out there. But we want to first focus on uh, the Live Tour. Professional golf, PGA tournament, has a, as a competitor and a very credible competitor with deep pockets that now has some big-name athletes participating. I'll agree with the deep pockets part of that. I don't know about the credible. Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> to be, still to be determined. But it, Scott is thinking about, in, in history, other times when a professional league has, has been established to compete against an already established league. Like, there's nothing else that competes with the NFL. There's nothing else, really, that competes against Major League Baseball. There's really nothing else in America that competes with the NBA. So, but that hasn't always been the case. Yeah, because throughout history, that happened a ton because these sports were developing and people were trying to make leagues. Major League Baseball is probably one of the ones that hasn't had any real competitors since like the early 20th century when there were some that were competing with them. The Negro Leagues is basically the one competitor, except 
there was a very different reason that that right. it was existed. more out of necessity yeah. than anything else. And and about of course the Negro Leagues are now considered a major league, um, basically statistics wise. Um, so they're now you know considered on the same level with MLB and stats. But that's beside the point. Um, in terms of the other ones, we've had competing leagues for the NFL. We've had them for the NBA, and we've even had them for the NHL. And the fate for the most successful ones always seems to be the same. You look at the ABA and the NBA, they eventually merged. The ABA was, you know, it was created to be, you know, a competing league kind of, because in the end, a lot of people who invested in the NBA, or at least some of the owners, they invested with the intent that they would probably get absorbed into the NBA someday, and they didn't want to pay the entrance cost to the NBA, so they did it cheaper with the ABA, eventually got into the NBA. The AFL was similar in some ways, where, again, they just ended up merging, and there was some initial desire, from some at least, to just get absorbed into the NFL, because the NFL was um, established thing in 1920, and the AFL was uh, 1960. And most of these leagues only lasted 10 years, if that. I mean, there was a World Hockey Association, 1971 1979. The USFL is probably the one league that I feel like really tried to compete. Although even in that, in that way, when the USFL was going under, there were teams trying to get absorbed by the NFL. So it seems like they just all end up wanting to absorb with the uh, bigger league, which, to be honest... Would the Live Tour turn down a partnership with the PGA if that was offered? I don't think they'd say no. They'd probably love that. Yeah, they probably would. So if the Live Tour gets some semblance of success, just like the ABA, the AFL, I mean, the AFL is probably the most successful because they actually had a, you know, that's that was the Super Bowl. It was originally it was two separate leagues playing each other um, in, until the actual merger. Um, so maybe, again, maybe the... The Live Tour will try and partner it, it, with the with the PGA down the line if they are able to be as successful as ones like the ABA or, or AFL. So it's either merger or total collapse. Yeah, basically. We really haven't seen anyone really be able to knock off or supplant the existing professional league. Yeah, it's it's basically like once they get sort of established, then that's how it is. Because like originally, like one of the top football leagues was the Ohio League or I think it was Ohio um, it was it was a league in Ohio and it went defunct around by the time the NFL came out so once they sort of got established into the mid 20th century that was basically it and now we haven't had any even pretenders really <laughs> you know competing with our major sports leagues I guess the only difference is that the Live Tour has very deep pockets, and that might give them a little bit more chance, but yeah, time will tell. Yeah. Uh, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, some final thoughts. Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac, power you can count on. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. 
I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally. Now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, last few seconds here on the Full Court Press, and uh, tomorrow, preview game six. Yep, big game. Big game could be the decider. And uh, trade rumors for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, we, Which we te- ones are credible Yeah, or not? Th- Lots of things floating around Rudy Gobert, and even as uh, you know, one of the textures, you know, the Mike Conley to the Mike Wizards. Conley. Stay so tuned. We'll be back at it tomorrow at four. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Despite the Golden State Warriors having a day off yesterday, there's still a lot of talk surrounding the team and head coach Steve Kerr. The Warriors coach made headlines after he claimed the team would take care of business in Boston rather than wait until Game 7 in San Francisco. Normally, that type of statement puts a major target on a team's back. But the reports have been overblown. Kerr made the comment to his team after Game 5, and it wasn't at a press conference. It wasn't meant to antagonize the Celtics. His comments were meant to be an up lifting boost of confidence for his team. The Celtics have caused a number of problems for Golden State this series, and the last time this team held a 3-2 series lead in the finals, the series ended up with the Cavaliers celebrating on Golden State's home court. So although the statement may be bold, it wasn't anything more than a coach providing motivation for a team going into its biggest game of the season. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise 